Hello, City Hope family. Thanks for joining us. I, I know there's a storm coming into our area, and I want you to know we've already been praying for you and your family. Um, we have uh, prepared ahead of time for this weekend, and I want you to know that this service will run on the hour from Saturday afternoon at 4 all the way through Sunday afternoon. So you can watch it several times, pass the word around, but uh, we're believing that God's going to protect us, and this will just be a minimum rain shower coming through. So uh, I'm not going to see you face-to-face, but we'll get to see you, or you'll get to receive uh, the worship and the word. So thank you for, for tuning in. Also, I want to recap the Race for Hope. Thank you so much for giving to that. We're able to build 10 homes in India for single moms and their children to get them out of huts and get them out of boxes and living in a, in a block house. So thank you for your generosity there. And also let me remind you uh, about giving because uh, even though we're not in the facilities this weekend, our expenses still go on. So I encourage you to still be faithful in your giving. You can do it online, yeah, but just, just be faithful. Don't, don't miss out uh, on a weekend of your giving. So thank you in advance. Thank you for being such a generous church. Well, we're going into part two of Rooted. I'm so excited about this series, and I'm excited for your sake and for mine. If you missed last weekend's introduction to Rooted, uh, please go online and watch this. It, it, it's kind of the foundational piece to setting all the way through this. And the question that I set up was, what is the root cause of the fruit in my life? Because we produce fruit, good fruit and bad fruit. Not everybody produces all good fruit, and not everybody produces... Um, you know, all bad fruit, but th- there's a balance there, and then sometimes there are extremes. So, you know, some people, they, they struggle with financial, financially uh, for, for their whole life. The root cause of that, what is that? Simply not managing well, or, or not the right job, the right income, overspend. What, what is the root cause of that, of living in that kind of debt ratio? Or, or some people go from one bad relationship to another, and another, and another. What's the root cause of that? Some people make bad decisions and lose jobs and can never seem to be able to hold a steady job or, or, or take a business and grow it. Is there a root cause? Because there, there is a root cause to some things like addictions and fear and anger and insecurity. In this message this weekend, I'm going to share with you what I believe is the root cause of all root causes. This message is entitled Bitter Roots. And before you just think about bitterness and unforgiveness, let me explain that this goes much farther and deeper. And this is probably the root that's named several places in the Bible that is the root of many roots. And, and the fruit of bitter root can have many different forms of fruit. Insecurity, fear, anger, you know, what, that, that insecurity, that resentment, unforgiveness, hate, jealousy, envy. I mean, the list goes on and on. So many fruits caused by this one root. Our main text is in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. We'll look at these verses two or three times. So let me read. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Looking or walking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up causes trouble. By this many will become defiled. So think about when a, a root of bitterness You've, you've seen that come into a family, how it just, it just kind of destroys the family, and then the people are left defiled they, they, toward church, toward God, toward a family member, toward a loved one. You know, and, and then verse 16, it goes on. Here's the third lest, lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau. We're going to talk about Esau in the message, who for a morsel of food sold his birthright. So I want to talk about bitter roots. I'm going to show you three things about bitter roots. Here's the first one. Bitter roots deceive. Bitter roots cause deception. 
Deception means we can't see clearly. We're deceived because we have a bitter root. 2 Corinthians 11, 3, Paul said, But I fear, lest somehow as the servant deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted by the simplicity that is in Christ. So, so Paul is, is going back to the original human sin, Adam and Eve, and he's saying to the church, listen, I, I fear that the same thing is going to happen to you. You're going to go back and be deceived. So let, let's look at that sin for a moment, the original human sin. Satan came to Eve and said, God knows that in the day you eat, your eyes will be open and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. You understand that deception always has a little bit of truth in it. He said, God knows. Well, he, he does. God knows everything. He said, God knows that the day you eat. Well, God had already told them that the day you eat this, you will pay the consequences. So he's telling partial truths. He said, the day you eat this, your eyes will be open. And their eyes were open to something that God never intended for our eyes to be open to. And that's fear and shame and evil. And you'll be like him. Well, they were already like him. And they were created in his likeness. So what Satan is saying is, if you'll do this, you'll have something that you don't have. As a believer, we have already been given all things that pertain to life and godliness and then blessed with spiritual blessings in spiritual places. So your eyes will be open knowing good. And, but you see, Adam and Eve, they already knew good, and that was God. They talked to him every day. And, and, and here, here's their deception. You, you will also know evil, and God didn't want them to know evil. So let's, let me show you what's behind this lie that Satan's using. But what's behind it is God is doing something for you that, that he, he, he's, not, he, he's not doing it yet. There's something he's supposed to do, but he's not doing it yet. God is holding out on you, is what he's saying. Satan's trying to get her, Eve, to be bitter toward God. And do you know why? The original sin, not Adam and Eve, but Satan's sin. Remember, he's the author of all sin. The original sin in Satan is a root of bitterness toward God. So when you go to Isaiah 14 and it talks about how Satan fell from heaven and because he wanted to be like God, he felt like God was holding out on him and he developed a root of bitterness and all sin goes back to a root of bitterness toward God. Even, for example, if you fall into an immoral sin, you have believed, you have been deceived, God's holding out on you, and so there's something out there better than what you have or who you have. It all, all goes back to, the, to, to this root of bitterness, and it's toward God in the original sin. In this passage in Hebrews, we saw three times the word lest. And so we're going to look at three points. That's where they're going to come from in this message. And in verse 15, he said, lest anyone falls short of the grace of God. So there are two ways we can fall short of the grace of God and they're extremes the first one is lasciviousness that means evil and evil living and for many they, they believe you can live any live any way you want to and there are no consequences and then for some believers if they're if they're living this lifestyle of evil that's like trotting underfoot the blood of Christ just live any way you want to Verse 14 went on to say, Pursue peace with all people and holiness with which no one will see the Lord. What does that mean, see the Lord? Well, it doesn't mean to look at, it means to see in person. In other words, to be in his presence. And here's what he's saying. Without holiness, you'll never be in the presence of God. And now we, we know we receive holiness by grace through faith, but we are also to walk holy. So even as a believer, if we're not walking holy, we won't come into his presence. Even as a believer... 
we can miss his presence because we're not walking in a holy lifestyle. And secondly is legalism. This is where we try to earn our relationship with God. And these are both extremes in the body of Christ. And Paul identifies these and he says to the church, who bewitched you? Who deceived you? This word bewitched is the only time it's in the scripture and it means deceived with magic. In other words, look over here, Satan. Satan's saying, look over here while I do something over there. And this is what Satan tries to do. Look at this. God is not doing for you instead of what God is doing for you. He's trying to deceive you. Years ago, a couple came to me and they had been married for a long time and, and, and always in their marriage close to the poverty level gone from job to job always dependent on people always had their hand out i mean they were always people always giving to them always in need and they come to the church and go to people always needed more and more and so i talked to them and and here's what i found out they said well pastor when we first got married god told us that we would live always live hand to mouth that this is god's will for our lives because it would keep us humble and dependent on him well, I just want you to know that's a lie. And I told them, that's a lie. It doesn't line up with Scripture. That's not what Scripture says. But hear me, church, there is a prosperity gospel that is wrong, but also there is a poverty gospel that's wrong. And, and they are two extremes. And by the, way, by the way, the prosperity gospel and the poverty gospel, neither are gospel. Gospel means good news. It's the provision gospel. In other words, God wants to provide for you so you can be a blessing to others as well. And in the end, these people, what, what was revealed in them is they were angry with God. Why? Because God was blessing others, especially their family members. He wouldn't bless them. What happened? Satan came in and deceived them. They've been deceived for 20 years, and they had, they had a root of bitterness. And this root of bitterness was toward God, and they couldn't even see it. They could not understand it until we identified it. So bitter roots deceive. And I wonder, do you have a bitter root? I wonder if there's something there and you're deceived and you can't hear it. And so maybe somebody needs to speak into your life. Maybe somebody needs to identify it that's on the outside and the Spirit of God identifies it so that you can understand you've been deceived because bitter roots deceive. Number two, bitter roots defile. Verse 15, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble and by this many will become defiled defiled the work in the greek means stained it actually it actually means the root it, it comes from the root to die not a physical die d-i-e but to d-y-e another color so so think about how sin stains us i've had people say well i, I can never feel good of, with, with living for god and with my past in other words they're saying every time i look backwards i see all these stains in my past but the problem with that is you're in deception because the blood of Jesus cleanses every stain. It says, the scripture says, even if your stain is as red as crimson, it can be as white as wool. Now, in this same text we read, we see the phrase, like Esau. So let's talk about Esau. Because the problem, many people believe that this passage in Hebrews 12 is talking about the famous story of Jacob and Esau. But it's actually referring to a little known story about Jacob and Esau. We think it's referring to where he dressed up and the clothes and the animal skin and hair and the smell of a hunter. And his dad said, are you Esau? The voice sounds like Jacob, but you feel like Esau. Jacob lied, the father blessed him. That's, not what, that, that's what most people think referring to in Hebrew still, but that's not what he's referring to. So let me show you the original story. Genesis twenty-five twenty-nine. Now Jacob cooked the stew. Esau came in from the field and he was weary. And Esau said to Jacob, please feed me with that same red stew 
For I am weary, therefore his name was called Edom. Edom means red. Red stew, his name is red. So Jacob said, sell me your birthright as of this day. Esau said, look, I'm about to die, so what is this birthright to me? Jacob said, swear to me as of this day. He swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils. Then he ate and drank, arose and went away. And Esau despised his birthright. Esau despised his birthright. Or you could say it, he just didn't value it. He gave it up for a bowl of stew. His birthright was twice the inheritance of his brother Jacob. How foolish. Now, I've talked about Adam and Eve already, how this root of bitterness went through them. But notice, there's a root of, root of bitterness between Jacob and Esau. And if you look at Joseph and his brothers, there's a root of bitterness. You look at David and his brothers, there's a root of bitterness. It, it goes all through Scripture. But notice what we've read in verse 34. is that Jacob gave and, 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 and Esau ate. He gave and he ate. Jacob gave, Esau ate. Notice in the beginning, remember in the beginning, where in, in Genesis 3 it says that she, Eve, gave to her husband and he ate. She gave, he ate. It, it, this is too, too close not to notice. Here's the problem with all four of these people. They believed a lie about God, that there was something God was not giving them. Jacob believed that God was holding out because he didn't have the blessing, the birthright. birthright. He didn't have that position. He didn't have that title. Esau believed that, that God was holding out on him because Jacob seemed to be the favorite child. And that goes on a lot in the natural where he's favored and he's favored and he's that child. He's gonna, they're going to go out of the way for him. Eve believed God was holding out on her and Adam believed God was holding out on him because they all believed from this root of bitterness. So let me show you how Esau's continually trying to get back at his father and his brother Jacob because of the root of bitterness. Genesis 28, 6. Esau saw that Isaac had blessed Jacob, sent him away to Padam Aram to take charge of to take himself a wife from there that as he blessed him he gave him charge saying you shall not take a wife from the daughters of canaan you're going to go over here and take one and that jacob obeyed the father and his mother and called the padam aram also now watch what esau esau saw all this he saw that the daughters of canaan did not please his father the father wants you to marry from over here i'm not going to marry from over here i'm going to go to canaan so he went to ishmael took Mahalatha, the daughter of Ishmael, Abraham's son and sister of Rebejoah, to be his wife in addition to the wives he had. He already had two wives from the sons of Padam. But right now, after he sold his birthright, now he's going to go against his father. So he's going to go over into Canaan. He's going to get another wife. And when he saw what Jacob did, he did the opposite of what to, to please the father. So he has this root of bitterness. He wants to get back at the father. He wants to get back at Jacob. And how many people today, how many people are doing things out of spite and out of bitterness to get back, but the truth is it's actually hurting you. It's not hurting the person. It's hurting you. It's destroying you. So what do you need to do? You need to forget about all the people you're mad at. The root of, this root of bitterness, I'm telling you that many of you are mad at God. You're angry at God. You're blaming God because God should have done something. He should have stopped them. He should have reversed this. You remember the story in the Old Testament, the story of, of a lady named Naomi. And she lost her husband and her two sons in a famine. And then she says to her daughter-in-law in Ruth 1.20, and she said to them, Do not call me Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. For Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. She's saying, God did this to me. God did this. God took my husband. God took my sons. Our resentment many times isn't as much toward the person as it is toward God. 
Because why didn't God stop this? Why didn't God save his life? Why did God allow me to go through this? Why did God allow me to lose the leave Bethlehem, the house of bread, and go to, to, go to, Moor, to the Moabite land and, 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 and this land of curse? Uh, and, and, and so she, she's thinking of this. I, 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 don't, I, I know God, you know, I, I know he didn't cause it or he could stop it. And we think, well, why didn't God stop the abuse? Why, why didn't God do something when this person did something wrong to me? Why didn't God judge that person? Well, look back at Esau and Jacob. Jacob goes on to be blessed by God. Is it hard for you when someone who, who does you wrong and God blesses them? Oh, yeah, it is. It gets under your skin. Why would God bless someone who did me wrong? Why, God? For the same reason God blesses you when you've done others wrong. He's a merciful God. God, why would you bless, bless that person? Because I blessed you when you were wrong. That's what God would say. The root of bitterness is toward God, but hear my burden for this message. I don't think there are a few of us who need the root of bitterness pulled out. I think most of us do. We said in this series, there will be roots we need to pull out, and there will be roots that we need to nurture. And I think most of us have or have had a root of bitterness, and it needs to be pulled out. And I think it goes back to the childhood. It goes back to the parents. It goes back to the family. It goes back to that root, wherever that root took hold, that bitterness took hold, and there's now resentment and anger toward God. The underlying current of that. God, why did my marriage end? Why didn't you save it? Why didn't you do something about that? Why did my loved one die? Why did you leave me? Why did my business fail? Why didn't you do something? I did this and I did that. Why didn't you do something? And here, here's what we say, but it's a mistake. We say all these things, but that's a mistake. It's like a lady that came to me. She lost a child, and I'm, I'm, not, being, I'm not making light of her. That's serious. But she said, I have to deal with my feelings toward God. Well, she's under deception. I have to deal with my feelings toward God because I know God is sovereign and he could have stopped it. So watch, that is not what the word sovereign means. It doesn't mean that God can do anything he wants to. It means that God is the supreme ruler of the universe, but God can never out act outside of his character. So let me tell you what God did do. In his sovereignty, he decided he didn't want robots on this earth. He decided to create us in his likeness, which means he gave us a will. And because man has a will, because you have a will, we have screwed it all up. And because we've screwed it all up, there's sin, death, and sickness in this world. Well, God could have done something. No, he couldn't because he decided to let us make choices. And I'm telling you that the things that happen in our lives, because we live in a fallen world, if we're not careful, that line of thinking, if we let it, that can cause a root of bitterness toward God. And here's why that's so serious. A root of bitterness is a sin. Romans 7 tells us sin brings all manner of evil. All manner of evil comes into our lives because of sin. So let's go back to this word, Mara. She said, don't, don't call me Naomi, which means pleasant but call me Mara. It's the Hebrew word for bitter. When the children of Israel were going through the wilderness, they came to the springs of water. It was bitter water. So they named the place Mara. God told Moses, you see that tree? You take that tree, you throw it in the water. Moses did. The water became sweet. Our assumption is that he cut it down, but it doesn't say he cut it down. I think he pulled the tree out of the ground. Remember we talked about last week that trees have roots. 
So part of the tree is the roots, and I think he took the tree and the roots and threw it in the water. I think that symbolizes Jesus is the root, and if you bring Jesus into the bitter waters of your life, he can change the water of your life from sour to sweet. But you've got to bring Jesus in. You can't have this facade like nothing's wrong with me and nothing's going on. You have to bring Jesus in and let him go to that root and pull that root out. You have to bring him in because understand, the bitter root deceives, bitter roots defile, and number three, bitter roots depress. I think bitter roots are the number one cause of depression. In other words, anger, resentment toward God is the number one cause of depression. Let's go back to the main text, Hebrews 12, 16. Listen, lest... There be any fornicator or profane person like Esau for one morsel of food sold his birthright. Verse 17. For you know that afterward, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. When he wanted, now, God didn't reject him here because he carried a sense of rejection. He, he rejected himself. For he found no place for repentance, though he sought it diligently with tears. So Esau, he continues to carry this depression and discouragement with him. The word profane means a worldly person or a person driven by appetite. Not food, but greed, power, control, lust to control something. It's like the old story. You may have heard the story of the person that was given a free trip around the world. They go to the airport, and they're going to spend so many days traveling all over the world, and it's free. And while they're waiting on the plane, they go in a little restaurant and order a hamburger, and it takes a long time to prepare a hamburger. And the last call for the plane came out and said, Now, now, the last boarding. So instead of getting on the plane to make the free trip around the world, he waits to eat a hamburger. For a momentary pleasure gives up this incredible gift. Think about how many people, for just a momentary pleasure, have given up their families, their business, their destiny to what is caused from a root of bitterness. Believing God is holding out on you. You should be promoted. You should be in this spot. You should be it here and not giving you all that he has for you. The root of bitterness may make you think that this is the only place. You may think, well, this is, is this the only place that's talked about in the Scripture? No, it's talked about through the Scripture. But what, what I want you to see and be good homework for you is Deuteronomy 28. The first 14 verses, this chapter is called the blessing and the curses chapter. First 14 verses, it says basically, if you obey me, and it just lists all these blessings that come on you. Then from 15 on to the end of the chapter, it said, if you don't obey me, these curses come on you. So I want to use a different word for curse so you'll understand. All these consequences come on you. So what God is saying is, if you will follow me, if, you, if you'll be devoted to me, these good consequences are going to follow your life. If you don't follow me, these bad consequences are going to happen. He's trying to say that. So, in, in chapter 28 then in the middle of the story in the next chapter 29 here's moses and so moses is repeating this to the people the israelites and he's saying let me tell you why god has given us these precepts he just listed the precepts in chapter 28 29 and 18 here's what moses said so that there may not be among you man or woman or family or tribe whose heart turns away today turns away today from the lord our god to go and serve the gods of these nations and that there may not be among you a root bearing bitterness or wormwood. Wow, that covers it all. A root bearing bitterness or wormwood. Wormwood is a root. It's a bitter root. And when it's around water, it causes the water to be so bitter you can't drink it. 
It could have been the roots that were around Mara, that the spring was bad, but the, but the wormwood is all, this, this word is through the Bible in several places. Solomon even said in Proverbs, if you go after the immoral woman, it's like wormwood is in your life. In other words, it's producing poison that's going to kill you. But a lot of us in this time, we, we know the book that C.S. Lewis wrote, The Screwtape Letters. Screwtape Letters is an apologetic, but it means it's written in a story form to help believers understand the Bible. So Lewis is writing this about Screwtape. Screwtape is a demon and he, that writes letters to his nephew demon who, who is named Wormwood. And, and C.S. Lewis gets this inspiration from the scriptures of Wormwood. Where did he get it? He got it from Revelation 8 and 10. And it says, Then the third angel sounded, and a great star fell from heaven, burning like a torch, and it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of the water. The name of the star, a fallen angel, is Wormwood. And a third of the waters became Wormwood, and many, many, many men died from the water because it was made bitter. In the beginning of the 20th century, they actually tried to use Wormwood in medicines, but they found out it made people sick and it was dangerous to health, and so the, it caused convulsions and mental deformation, and so these symptoms were caused by the toxic chemicals in wormwood, so they stopped using it. But God said in Deuteronomy, I'm telling you my precepts that, so that you won't be a root of bitterness. You, you won't have a wormwood, a poison, bitterness in your system. The prophet Jeremiah said, Therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, behold, I will feed them, this people, with wormwood, and give them water of gall to drink. What's he talking about? Gall is bitter. Give them bitter water to drink. Let me connect the dots. I'm going to read you another Messianic scripture. I read some last weekend. I told you, I'm going to remind you again, they're prophetic about the Messiah. And every one of them, Jesus has fulfilled. So Psalm 69, 21, watch, it just fits right into this. They also gave me, this is talking about Jesus, gall, bitterness for my food and for my thirst. They gave me vinegar to drink. Well, where, did, where did that happen? Where's the fulfillment of that? It's in Matthew 27, 34. They gave him sour wine mingled with gall to drink, but when he had tasted it, he would not drink. Remember, Jesus was tempted with all temptations. Here's the temptation of bitterness. He didn't drink it. We're all going to taste it. He tasted it. He didn't drink it. We're all going to taste bitterness. There will be opportunity, I promise you, in your lifetime, many times to taste bitterness. Taste bitterness in this life, but you have a choice if you're going to drink it or not. You have that choice. Yeah, but pastor, what if this person hurt me, used me, took advantage of me? Well, you, you need to do what Jesus did. Well, what did Jesus do? Not only did he not drink, he tasted, but then he said to the Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. You have to forgive. He made a choice to forgive and not be bitter. You have the same choice. You can hold on to this bitterness. You can blame somebody else all the days of your life, or you can grow up, and you can mature, and you can be like Jesus. And yes, we can all say, I've tasted in that bitterness. I, I don't want any of that. But if you have made the mistake of drinking the bitterness, then the way you're going to get rid of it is you're going to do what Jesus did. You're going to have to ask for, for you're going to have to forgive those people. I'm not saying face-to-face. -face. I'm saying you're going to have to forgive them so that this poison can get out of your system. But you have that choice. That choice is up to you. And I pray the Holy Spirit will speak to you and identify that. Because you don't, you don't want this in your family. You don't want this passed on from generation to generation. You don't want this in your children. You don't want this lingering in you. You don't want this in your system, in your spirit man. You don't want this in your marriage. But it's your choice. But I promise you, God can pull it out. 
I promise you, by the power of the Holy Spirit, he can take this root and pull it out and replace it with a fruitful root so that your life is totally different. Let me pray for you. Lord, thank you for your word and the promises of your word. And thank you that you love us so much that, yes, you have tasted bitterness, but you didn't drink. And we don't have to drink. We're all going to taste it, but we don't have to drink. But if we have, if we take it (coughs) in this bitterness inside of us, Holy Spirit, you can identify it, and you can pull that root out so that we don't live with this poison in our lives that makes life toxic, makes what we see toxic, makes what we hear toxic, so that we can live free and healthy and whole. So, Lord, I pray that those who are listening, those who are watching, that you will speak to them and let them talk to you and give you the opportunity to remove bitterness from their lives. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. God bless you. We pray God's hands upon you this next week, and we'll see you next weekend. God bless City Hope.